Good day, I'm Anne Dolenshek and this is Anne on Influence. In today's episode, we're in conversation with Brent Lindeke. We all know him as the good things guy. He is proudly South African and regularly featured in the media spreading good news about South Africa and ordinary South Africans doing extraordinary things in their communities. He shares his story of becoming the good things guy with us and tells us how he turned an idea and a passion into a business. We chat about the power of consistency and the fact that success never happens overnight. We talk about how nothing is real on social media and how influencers should really treat their craft as a job. Watch two geriatric millennials discuss Be Real. That was a fun one. And hear Brent's thoughts on South Africa's legislation on influence marketing. This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to the existing customers, but do not have a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The Salt solves the problem by identifying brand fans and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The Salt have a database of over 230,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match an influencer to your brand. Reach out to them today and see what they can do for you. Morning, Brent. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really, really thrilled to have you. And I think before we get into our conversation, first tell us about who is Brent? Who and where did the good things guys start? I mean, also, you do a lot of other things that um, I think you should also tell us about. Cool. So so first of all, it's an absolute honor to be on your show. Um, it's always rad to be interviewed by, by other South Africans who want to know the story of Good Things Guy and, and this gift that, that I've been given to tell good stories to, to South Africans and the world. Um, so yeah, uh, I my main job is to research and sort of dig into um, the good stories of South Africans every single day and then publish those stories on, on my platform, my website. Um, it all started really eight years ago was, was the real start of Good Things Guy. Um, there was this, this thing that started in Australia called, uh, called neck nominations. And I know I may look a little bit Australian with my, with my vest on today. I've just finished gym. <laughs> I've just finished gym and you've, You've caught me a little bit glowy and sweaty, but I'm here and I'm on the podcast. So this this thing started down in Australia. It was called neck nominations. And the whole idea behind neck nominations was to drink as much as you possibly could, alcohol, and, and then do something really silly in the process while nominating uh, people to, to do the same or outdo what you've done. Um, there were so many videos being shared on social media at that time. And I, I still remember sort of just looking at this trend. It, it was really the first social media viral game uh, way before the bucket challenge and all of that other stuff happened. Um, but it was this, this viral game. And I just thought to myself, first of all, why are people not being more responsible with what they share online? Like now we've yeah. learned that lesson, right? As as the world has, has sort of seen, if you wouldn't put it on the front page of a newspaper, don't put it on your social media. Um, the second thing was, was why weren't we rather choosing to do some good with our social media? And and that came from just this, this place of, we live in South Africa, where it's really tough. We know the, the poverty stats are. We know we see people in need every single day wherever we go. Um, so yeah, I, I got neck nominated. Uh, I decided instead of drinking um, that that I would try and do 
the sort of acts of kindness was really what I, what I wanted to do. And um, the only thing I could think of was, was to feed someone in need. So just before lunch, I headed to my local uh, sort of fruit and veg city. Um, I grabbed my colleague. I said, come with. And, uh, and I got an extra sandwich of chocolate and a cold drink. Um, and, and that was it. On the way back to the office, I threw my phone at her. I said to her, capture this, which she did. I handed over that meal. I went and uploaded that first um, YouTube video that I'd ever put up. I put it up onto, onto YouTube. And um, yeah, it, uh, it went viral. Uh, within a couple of minutes, it, the video shot to 301 views. And I was, I was blown away. I was like, that's crazy. I made it. 301 views. What I didn't realize at the time is that uh, when things back eight years ago started going viral on YouTube, they needed to make sure that it wasn't anything untoward. So, so yeah, um, that night I went to a friend's birthday dinner and she said to me, Brenty, so proud of you. Can't believe the videos had over 10,000 views. I can't believe that people have started to choose to take their neck nomination and do a random act of kindness instead. Um, I, was, I, I was so overwhelmed. Um, the next day, the video had hundreds and thousands of views. And there were all these people around the world that, that had started taking up this random acts of kindness initiative, um, which was just beautiful to see and, and really such, such a gift to be a part of. Um, but what, what that process did, what the journey did, was really made me realize that there are good things happening, not only in South Africa, but the world. And, and I wanted to tell those stories to, to more people. I wanted them to feel that same yes, that feeling that I had. Um, so yeah, it took me a year. I did a bit of radio in between. I was on Cliff Central uh, for a while. And, uh, and, and then I launched Good Things Guy on the 1st of August, 2015. Uh, my mom's birthday, actually. Uh, I, forget. Oh, I forget that it's the same day, but it's a, it's a good memory to have. Um, and that this platform has just grown leaps and bounds. Um, it really has, it's, it's, I keep calling it a gift because that's what it was. It was never a business plan. It was never an idea to start what is now South Africa's top good news site. Um, it was just this idea to share good news with the world. And you say that I do so many different things. It all fits under really the good things guy banner. So yes, I write, uh, I've got writers that work for me now, journalists. So I edit articles. Um, had to learn how to do that because I never studied journalism. Uh, but I've been in it for a couple of years now. I do radio. So I've got two radio shows, um, uh, little features that I do uh, up here in Joburg and Cape Town. Um, I, do, I do talks. So that's, that takes up a chunk of my time is sort of traveling around the country, going and seeing different corporates and, and spreading this message of hope in South Africa, um, which is vitally important, I think, to that balance the other side of the news. Um, and then every now and then I get to do TV too, which is pretty cool. That's uh, that's always a treat. But yeah, that's that's the good things guy universe. Oh, and I've got a podcast. I forget about that. Um, so it's called the Good Things Guy, and uh, it used to be with Cliff Central. It then moved to Jacaranda, and it's now completely independent. It's seven years old. Um, it's got a whole bunch of followers, and and all that I do is I I speak about the good things that are happening in South Africa. Wonderful. So everyone go listen to it because it's, it's totally, and I think you're right. There's so much oh, bad news in the world these days that it is so nice just to have a little bit of ray of sunshine to see that there is still really good things happening because there's a lot of good things happening amongst all the bad. Um, and just also that hope. I think to your point, it's so important, especially in a country like South Africa, where we sometimes feel helpless and hopeless 
yeah. and thinking everything is just going down. And then you read your website and your stories and you're like, come on, there's still great things happening. Totally, totally. And, that, and that's why it matters, right? Um, when I do my keynotes, one of the first things that I start with is I, I sort of rattle off stats about South Africa, all the bad stuff, the crime, the poverty. I, it's, I've got all those numbers. And the reason for that is because a, it's not a lot of people. Some people might feel that I'm like an ostrich with my head in the sand where I don't know what's going on around me. And, and the reality is it's really hard living in South Africa. It's a tough place to stay. Um, I only thing that Good Things God does and the reason why it, is, it, it exists is, is to share a balanced view of South Africa, share the other side of perhaps yeah. what views in in part in the past didn't really share. And and the most incredible thing to come from that is now mainstream media news sites are trying to focus on the good news as well. And it's just it's proof that we, we as human beings require balance. We require uh, two sides to a story. Otherwise we'll lose hope. And without hope we can't move forward. Uh, that's something that we need to hold on to. No, absolutely. And I'm a big believer in that. Like, see the good, but also see the bad. And just like, you know, there's always a balance. There's always a good and a bad. There's never yeah. just going to be paradise. There's never going to be just bad, even though sometimes it feels that way. <laughs> so, Brent, you are the perfect person for the podcast today. Obviously, we're talking about influencer marketing. We're talking about online personas. Um, and you just told this incredible story to us about how your public or your public persona kind of came about and it was really just born out of you doing something really good yeah. um, for someone else right so i've obviously been following your career for years and been watching you grow from strength to strength i mean it's been amazing to watch so i really want you to tell us a bit more what it actually takes to build that successful online persona you obviously posted a youtube video didn't think it's gonna like do much like a couple of people see it and all of a sudden it blew up. Now you had an opportunity, right, to continue this and spread this amazing news. But just as a normal person today who wants an online persona, I suppose, where do you start? And where, where did you start, I suppose? So, so I think the, the answer there is that I never wanted it. I never, there was no business plan. I never wanted to be uh, front and center. I didn't want to be on radio. I, that, that was not part of my, my sort of narrative that I'd written for myself. I, in my past iteration, my past life, I, um, I've worked in events, uh, sort of brand activations. I, I had a little agency that I worked for. What I believe and the reason why Good Things Guy works, um, the first reason, there, there was nothing like it. So it was so new and so fresh uh, seven years ago that it was just like people, people wanted that good news and, and they were sort of engaging with it um, Quite amazingly, they still do, but but there was nothing like it then. I think when when we speak about brands or doing something and creating something, you need to be consistent. You need to be consistent. Well, take a step back, actually. So let, let's do this. This is something that I do in, in my talks. I speak about the fact that there are nearly 8 billion people in the world. Nearly, right now. That's a huge yeah. number. There's nearly 8 billion people in the world. Massive. My belief is at any given point of time, there's at least... I would say 10,000 people thinking a very similar thought to you. So whatever that idea is, whether it is a business idea or community or, or something, they have a similar idea to you. The difference between you 
and let's say, and I'm talking about the, the viewers and the, the listeners here, the difference between you and perhaps a, an, a person that starts a charity or a person that uh, be- begins, creates a business or a per- Elon Musk. The difference between you and Elon Musk, forget about the money for a second. <laughs> I was going to say, billions and billions. <laughs> the difference between you and an Elon Musk is that these, these change makers, these crazy people that do amazing things and extraordinary things, they take these ideas that we have and they put them into action. That's really the start of anything is putting it into action. We can all have great ideas, but until you make that move to put it into action, it just remains an idea. So what I did is I put it into action. I wanted to tell these stories to more people. I did it on the podcast on Cliff Central. I then created the website to to sort of go with that and reach a, a bigger audience. And that's where it really grew. The reason after that action why it grew was consistency. So I didn't just... Uh, think of an idea and then work on it every Tuesday or whatever. I work on my craft every single day. And for for the last seven years, I have written, edited, or worked on a story every single day. I have never taken a day off. Uh, I travel extensively. I get to see the world. I've got I've got this a great side of my job where I get to tell stories from different countries for South Africans. But every day, even when I'm on an island, uh, let's say I was in Seychelles a couple of weeks ago, I would wake up every morning, take my laptop down to the breakfast table, edit a couple of articles, put them out there. I've never stopped. And I think that's why Good Things Guy has also worked, is the consistency to keep going. And I know I need to put like a little T's and C's here, that's not easy to do, and it's not for everybody. Um, like working at, at a job seven days a week, 365 days a year, is, is, not, is not great for everyone. It's not, it's not a thought that people will be like, yeah, I want to do that. But for, for me, um, I absolutely love what I get to do every day. And I absolutely love being able to tell these stories to other South Africans and to deliver hope and balance and all those good things. So because I enjoy it, I'm able to to be consistent and do it every single day. That is like the most important point you just made. Because I used to be a blogger. I gave it up a while ago just because life happens. But it was. It was like for, I think it was four or five years. It was like every day you have to do things. And people didn't understand that. And people would ask me, please help me find a niche, find a bl- do a blog. And I'm like, great. Yes, yes, what you need to do. Start writing. And they would stick to it maybe a month or two and then nothing. And then I'd be like, well, it doesn't, it's not overnight. It is something you constantly need to do. You speak, Um, I mean, that saying that speaks about nothing is an overnight success. If you look at any business, if you look at any brand, most things that are, that have longevity and, and sort of keep going, there's a lot of groundwork that's been put in. Um, to to get it to where it needs to be, it doesn't just happen overnight. Generally, I'm sure there's like a one percent where it does, but generally, it's a lot of groundwork. There's a lot of effort and consistency that you need to put into these these ideas that you're trying to create into a thing. Absolutely, I spoke to um, I think a fashion influencer a couple of years ago, and she's got a gazillion followers, obviously on Instagram and a very engaged community. And she gets DMs all the time of girls going like, how do you become an influencer? And then she's like, well, you need to put the hard graft in. It's taken me nine years to get here. 
you guys just see the Instagram page and things. Oh, look at this beautiful pictures, but it's hard work. It's constant. It is consistency. Yeah. And nine years later, this is who she is. And then people are like, what? I don't want to do that. Yeah. And, and you're right. That is the difference between the person who I suppose makes it in this world. Uh, well, in this industry, in any case, yeah. um, and the other person. And also to do what you love. If you're not going to do what you love, you're going to hate getting up every morning and write an article or yeah, edit exactly. an article, taking beautiful content and distributing that. So absolutely. Then my next question is, back in the day when you and I kind of started online, not so long ago, actually, the world just grows very quickly. There was the basics, right? Facebook, Twitter, blog sites, and then Instagram kind of came along at some point. Yeah. Now there's so much. There's literally a social media like channel for, for everything, right? I don't even know half of them. Sometimes I look, I'm like, what is this? Never heard of this. Um, and then there's obviously blogs and everything online and websites, like there's so many things. So if you start up, how do you actually decide or discover which platforms are good for you and which is not because i'm a big believer in saying like you don't need to be on everything yeah yeah and so some people try that right they're like let's just go balls to the wall it's difficult right so so for yeah. me um and the only thing that i can go back to is what's mine and what i know so good things guy good things guy was really born on facebook the first iteration of it was a facebook page and i'm talking seven and a half years ago. So when I when I started uh, sharing this good news, it was it was on a Facebook page and that grew. Um, now, Good Things Guy is on every platform. So, so for me um, and for the business, uh, different readers will get the, the articles or the information on different places where they live. Um, so we have we have the website. Some people come organically to the website. They they wake up in the morning. It's in their browser. They go into the, the their browser and they sort of read what the top stories are from the day before, whatever the timeline is. Some people use our app, so we have an app as well. They'll go into the app and sort of get the news. Then there's a whole portion of people that are on Facebook that read the Facebook news. So they'll they'll see the article, they'll click through, and then they'll be able to read that. On Instagram, it's a it's a different world because there's the hyperlinks are not allowed. No. So they what they, the bio. <laughs> no, what they're doing is engaging with the visual aspect. So they're sort of liking the photo, uh, commenting on on the story without really knowing what the full story is, which is sometimes a problem. Uh, so yeah, and, and then Twitter and LinkedIn and all the rest. There's so many different um, pla platforms, but I believe and for my brand um the best the best sort of solution is to put the information where our readers are that said the readership has grown and evolved in seven years so you might find for us the that someone who's reading what we are distributing on linkedin is not even on facebook so that's why we've sort of done that um but you're 100 right there are far too many uh social media places to keep up with it on a personal level a battle. So, so like to keep up with Insta stories, this, that, this, that, it's really tough. It's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. But I think the advice that I have, and you asked where to start, start on what is comfortable for you. So 
what if we if we're going to think about what is what is this idea I have? What is the brand I have? What do I want to become? Where's the best place for that? Where do I have a good following? Maybe maybe your Instagram has got 500 followers or whatever the number is and you feel that's a good number to start and and Instagram works because it's picture heavy. What I found now like TikTok's huge, right? I've been on TikTok for for 3 years and it really took off during COVID. And there's so many South Africans that are doing such great things on that platform because video, short form, 15, 30 second video works for them. So you've got to kind of think about what it is that you want to do, um, where it is you want to go, and, and what's the best platform to start. Uh, maybe what happens is, is yes, maybe, maybe Instagram's the place, but maybe you find a whole other audience by, by syndicating that content onto another platform as well. Yeah, I think um, that's a very, very good point to make. Start where you're comfortable um, and see what happens. Like you say, A, B, test it, right? Do some stuff there. If it doesn't take off, try something else. And I think you'll at some point figure out where your readers are because I think that is also a very, very good point. After a while, when you've done this for a while, you'll know where your readers are. You'll see it in the stats come through, right, where that traffic comes from. And that's probably where then you need to focus on a bit more but uh brent are you on be real like this is the latest thing what is be real i don't even know what is be real it is is the brand new social media app uh all the all the kids are on it it's very gen z hold on pause check out be real (laughs) one word as well no Yeah, thanks for the heads up. I'll definitely check it out. Pleasure. I've been trying it out for a couple of months now. I don't know if I'm sold, but mate, I'm not the target market. I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm an older millennial. Like they call us the geriatric millennials. <laughs> Hate that. But um, obviously, checking out to see what it is. But it literally is. It's about no staging. You can't put things up there before. It literally gives you a notification every single day. So like, you've got two minutes to be real. You have to open the app and you post a photo of wherever you are, what you do. It's got a front camera, a back camera. Ah, and okay. it's TikTok has stolen this idea. And I don't want to say stolen TikTok. Please don't be upset with me. They've uh, they've repurposed the idea. Yes. TikTok, I've seen it. Okay, yes. I know what it is. I know what because it is. Because Be Real came and all the Gen Zs are like amazing. It's unfiltered. It, it is really authentic. But I do think people are going to start finding loopholes and literally be like staging things to wait for that notification. I don't yeah. know. Oh, um, yeah, and I think Zaki has also been looking at um, Instagram doing something similar because you know he doesn't. It's not very original these days. But we, we we repurpose. We repurpose. We we re- we still like artists. We are. <laughs> but yeah, check it out. I would love to know your thoughts on it. Oh, um, I'll do I'm it straight really after the show. I'll sort of check yeah, it out. I'm just, I don't think I'm the target market for it at all. <laughs> um, perfect. So for me, we've now spoken about, obviously, where you look for your niche, where it will work. I think for me these days, I see a lot of young people going on to become influencers, but they, they kind of don't really know what the best practice is to dealing with with people and dealing with brands or just their own brand right and things are kind of all over the show and i think for someone who's been in the industry for a long time 
do you maybe have one or two really good practices or best practices that that people can implement while they're on this journey um yeah so i think the first thing is i hate the word influencer and and it's it's just become like there's, there's such a stigma that's related to it um, we've we've seen so many stories internationally of of human beings taking advantage of other people because they think they have some sort of power when it comes to their following on on a social media platform. So I think the first thing that for me is none of it is real. None of it is real. It doesn't Except matter if you want to be real. Unless unless you want to be real, <laughs> the, the numbers don't matter. The followers yeah. don't matter. The, the, the whole idea of fame is, is so, it's such a bizarre concept. Um, and I know that, that when some people are younger, they're like, oh, I want to be famous. I want to be on the radio. I want to be on. None of it's real. None of it is real. What is real is, is who you are. And what is real is, is what you're about and, and sort of what your real character is, um, what your morals are, what your values are. And, and being in that space where, you 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 put you're not portraying the real you because you you have this idea of what fame is. That's wrong. So I can tell you this: I was on a, a TV show called My Kitchen Rules, season one. Uh, my, myself and my fiance came third. It was like three and a half months of filming. There was I think eighteen or nineteen episodes. It was a long haul. I'd never really been in reality TV before. But this this idea, I don't know where it comes from in America. I think it was on Clueless, the movie, where they were like, oh, the camera adds 10 pounds or whatever it was. The camera does not add 10 pounds. Maybe it does. I don't know. The camera highlights exactly who you are. It's exactly who you are. So when it comes to social media, when it comes to building a brand, when it comes to you wanting to be like an influencer or whatever that is, if you are not authentic, if you are not a true, if you are not who you actually really are, people will see through that. Eventually, the real you will come out. So, so for me, A, fame and all the numbers and all that stuff is not real and it doesn't matter in the bigger scheme of things. Uh, number two, be exactly who you are because the camera is just going to blow that up even bigger. If you're a nice person, you're going to be so much nicer on camera and on social media. Like that's maybe my advice. Be authentic, be authentic. And don't ever get caught up in that thing that is fame because it is really yeah. not real. Or it doesn't yeah, matter. It is real. Of course it's real. People get it famous. doesn't matter. You're doesn't, right though. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. I always say if you start drinking your own Kool-Aid, you need to quit. Because... Oh, that's such good advice. That is such good advice. <laughs> you can steal it. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Hashtag no filter. That's how this podcast is delivering real down-to-earth stories told by real people. For an influencer campaign that takes brand conversation to everyday real-life situations, go check out thesalt.co.za. They are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing. <laughs> but, but you're right. The, and, and that comes back to what you said earlier, right? For like the last eight years, you got up every day, you work, um, and you can't do that unless you are you and you love what you do. Totally. If you want to become this influencer and you want to just portray this person you think people want to want to see, it's not going to last, right? You're going to get that influencer stand for maybe a year or two. How long can you keep that, that facade up for? And then it's going to go and people are going to see through you. Yeah. Or what's going to happen is the real you is going to come out and people are going to go, wait, wait, what? And then exactly. your reputation is like... Gone. Exactly. Done. Exactly. 
I think I think you know I, I try and my continuous uh, I, dr- I beat this drum all the time uh, is to be kind and to be to be lacquer to other people and to make their journey a little bit easier. When I get up on stage or, or when I grab a microphone and I'm on radio or I get to go onto TV to speak about hope and, and sort of South Africa and where we are, um, the biggest thing for me is that that's my job. My job is to help other people's journey be a little bit easier. I don't care about radio. I don't care about TV. I don't care about any of that stuff. The The message is, is are you okay and how can I help you? Like more humans maybe need to hold that torch. You know, I agree with that. But I think you also said something incredibly important there is that you're not seeing this as like, oh, I'm famous, I'm an influencer. You're seeing it as like, this is my job. And I think the moment someone wants to be that professional influencer, and I know I also hate that word. (laughs) It's just had like so much bastardization of the years. But they need to start looking at it as a job. Like, this is how it is. And also earlier when you said where to start, that's complete strategy as well. Like if you want to do this, you can't just be like, okay, let's open an Instagram account and once every two weeks, let's do something. Have a strategy. Yeah. Totally. Um, and like treat it like a business, right? Because that is what it is at the end of the day. Be professional. Always put your best foot forward. We often see some of these influences that people want to work with and they don't get back to them or they just horrible to them. You're like, but you're running your business. Totally. So, a great example. Um, th- there was a DJ. I don't want to mention his name because I haven't asked his permission. A really good of friend of mine. Uh, and he was a DJ like for millennials. If I said his name, you know exactly who he is. And, and one of the things that he told me um, many years ago, so we've, we've been friends for so long, uh, he's still on the scene. But one of the things that he told me is that when he's at a club or at an event or at a festival and he's he's behind his, his decks and he's he's working, he doesn't touch a drop of alcohol because that is his desk. Right there. That's his, That's his desk. I'm there to deliver something for you. I'm there to do my job for you. I'm here and I'm taking it seriously. And yes, when, when it's over and the client's happy, uh, he'll pop open a, a wine or a beer and of it's all good. But when he's there and he's been paid to be there for a duty that he's doing, then that is his job and that is his desk. And that's the way I see like everything when it comes to whatever you're doing. You give it your all and you make sure that the person that is paying your bill is happy with what you do. Absolutely. Sterling advice right there. So this is a great segue into I actually want to talk about influence marketing with you because obviously you get involved with some campaigns. And so I want to know, and I I love this question, is what was like the first brand campaign that you participated in? And what was your experience? So I can't even, I mean, it was so long ago that I I can't actually remember what the first brand campaign that I ever did was as Good Things Guy, but as me, as, as like my brand or whatever that is. Um... But remember, I come from uh, uh, events and brand activation uh, sort of space before this all happened. Um, my experience is to be to be as professional as possible, um, to be prepared. So preparation is key to whatever you're doing. Um, I now get up on stage and I deliver keynotes. Uh, I don't know what month we're in, but I think I did 12 October. in September. 
and sort of 10 in October. It's a lot to get up on stage and to be traveling around the country. Um, when I'm on tours and when I'm doing those keynotes, um, I don't, I don't party. I don't, uh, I don't expend my energy for two or three days before I have to get on stage. So I don't see friends. I don't see people. I don't, um, I don't drink. I, I, I sort of look at the job for what it is and I know what I've got to do and I know where, where I've got to be. And, and I focus on the end task, which is really a, a big thing for me. Um, energy is hugely important. I found uh, that, that working in this field, um, when I get up on stage and I am, and I am doing these keynotes, I, a lot of people draw energy from me. So it's quite exhausting. It's, it's quite an exhausting experience. And so preparation would be the first thing. Second thing, taking your job seriously because it is a serious job. And, and then thirdly, which is maybe the most important, is have fun. Um, everything, everything in this life is an adventure. And we only have one life. So whatever you're doing, uh, be serious about it, but have fun at the same time. Because it is really an adventure. I can't agree more with that, though. And that's a really, really good tip. So thank you for that. And I know you can't remember the first brand no idea. Like it, it doesn't even, I don't even know. What's the earliest one you can remember though? Because I'm really curious to know how things have progressed and changed in the industry with working with influencers um, from then to 2022, where I think it's a, a much more professional industry mm -hmm. now than what it used to be. God, it's so tough, eh? So you know what the, you know what the challenge is? There, there's, two, there's two sides to me and my business. The one is, is Good Things Guy is a media house. So yes. as a media house, we do um, banners, we do advertorials, we do that sort of thing. And, that, and that's always been consistent. Um, we've done the same sort of thing since we've started. Um, on the other hand, as me, uh, there's, I mean, you talk about it changing. Now there's apps where you can load your profiles on. The one is called Webfluential. The other one's called Humans um, with a Z. And, and there's a couple of more that are, that are out there. And, and then you, they sort of judge, they judge your followership, your, the size of your followers. They, they judge the engagement. They've got all these metrics to really understand who you're speaking to, so the, the target audience, um, how engaged they are with what you put out there, and if it fits the right brand. I think seven, eight years ago, a brand would come up to someone who had a, a, however many followers, and it was like spray and pray. Uh, which in marketing is is a term that they use where it's like putting flyers on a on the, the windshields of cars. You sort of just, Everyone. just put them all on the windshields and you hope that someone's going to pick it up and not throw it away and they're going to read yeah. it and then they're going to they're going to sort of phone you or do something with your brand. Um the other side to a marketing plan is the total opposite. So we talk about spray and pray and that's because they use the analogy of a gun. Um the other one is a, is is sort of like a sniper rifle where you look at who you want to speak to exactly. So you go, right, my brand needs to speak to a gent who lives in sort of Joburg area, who is 32 years old and who likes, I don't know, um, who, li who likes chocolates. Like that, that's who I want to speak to exactly. And the metrics on the apps 
that they have now can do just that. So they can understand exactly who they're speaking to. And I think the influencer model when it comes to marketing, um, that, that's what's changed a lot, is that it's more targeted and the brands know who they want to work with because they know who they ultimately want to speak to. It's also about, and I'll go back to authenticity. So being authentic to who you are. In the past, seven, eight years ago, there were people that would um, promote whatever came their way. It was literally like uh, there was a, a celebrity who got into so much trouble. Um, I'm not going to say he or she will call them a they because I don't yes. want to give it away. But they had been given a cellular telephone and um, they had to market that cellular telephone. And, I know who this is. <laughs> and they, were, they were going on holiday and, and they uh, took a photo um of of whatever and they were like oh look at my uh, beautiful photo that i took with my new i'm going to use a different brand my yes. new coca-cola phone uh, it's so great um look at the quality can't wait to get to where i was going to and they i think they tweeted it and yeah, the, tweet, they did. the bottom of the tweet was like taken with an iphone i think yeah i remember that it caused a lot of ruckus because thoughtless Totes. Again, right. unprofessional, no preparation. And also not really using the tool. So I'm no. going to take your money. I'm going to put the post out there, but I'm not really actually, I don't okay. care about the product. So I think that's another change is that a lot of people that are using whatever platform they have um, to promote different ideas, concepts, brands, they also choosing who they want to work with. I get a lot of emails that come in and and I'll be like, not for me. Like that that doesn't fit with with me. It doesn't yes. fit with my brand. Um, I generally so as as Brent Lindekue, I generally lean towards a lot of charitable things, CSI things. I, I lean towards the kindness that, that I know I know who I am now. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to promote uh, or put something on my feed that I don't believe in. And I think that's the other side. So on the one side, when it comes to um, brand and clients. They know that they can target the right audience. And when it comes to the influencers or people that have followership, uh, I think they're also learning what they want to promote so that they, they're, not, um, they're not leaning into a brand that they don't believe in. Uh, yeah, and I think that that is like super, super important. If anyone takes something away from today, it is that don't partner with every bloody brand that comes your way. Yeah. It doesn't look good. It's inauthentic. People on your feed are going like every second thing is from a brand or something yeah. you're promoting. Like you can just put out an ad if you're a brand, to be honest, if you just hear and do That's that, it. right? Put out an advert, buy a billboard. It's a lot easier. And you can literally, I mean, it's really cheap these days to buy reach, right? So everyone uh, do it. Um, but if you want real voices to amplify uh, a, a, a messaging, like use those authentic people. But to your point, the flip side is the influencers also need to be very picky who they work with. Yeah. Um, because in the end of the day, it is your brand as well. And if it doesn't align, it's not going to work. It's inauthentic. Okay. People are going to see through it. Again, reputation down the toilet. So let's not go there. But um, it, yeah, things have changed a lot. I think it's much better than what it was. And it's obviously going to get better even because tech just gets enhanced. Um, in your opinion, what do you think can still improve at the moment? If you look at it right now, what would you want to improve so, right now in the industry? Uh, maybe, maybe it's a it's a it's a gripe that I have 
Um, but I think there's in South Africa, the legislation is not in place to control sponsorship. Kills me. Yes. yes. And there's a lot of people that promote brands without being honest that they're being paid to promote brands. And, and that's that's dangerous, right? That's super dangerous. If I if someone uh, sends me a box of something to open, I, I don't do box openings, but I might post about it. And when I post yeah. about it, I'll let you know it's a gift, that I'm not being sponsored, that it's not an advert. If there is something that is sponsored, you'll 100% know. Um, yeah. It'll be tagged with either advert, sponsored, advertorial. I, I try and stick to those guidelines so I'm not um, being irresponsible with people that follow me. And and yeah, it's uh, and if if I really like something, if something is so lacquer that it really just does does well, I will tell you it's not a sponsored post. I'll be like, this is me, and and I think that makes it more real. That's real. That's be real. That's that's, that's real. be real. <laughs> that's realness right there. And I think the legislation is wrong, and I think that it's it's very irresponsible to lead your followers on by not letting them yeah. know. That whatever you're promoting, you're being paid to promote. It's not you backing that idea or the brand. The brand is paying you to be there. So I think that's that needs to get better. That's one of my big bugbears about South Africa and influence marketing. It's very reactive. So if no one complains about you to the ARB, they're not going to take any action. Yeah. And even if they do, the only thing they can do is tell you to take down the post. Like... It really, really grinds me, especially if you're looking what's happening elsewhere in the world. I'm sure you know. Yeah. UK um, celebs are often fined uh, and barred for for not disclosing. They also, their regulatory board or their advertising regulatory board, I'm not sure what it's called right now, but they literally have a name and shame page. Wow. I didn't know that. It's a good thing, right? It's a good thing. It's amazing. You can be like, that's a contrast. 100%. 100%. So they put the influencer's name, they put the brands on there as well that they associated with, and then they put paid media behind it on Google. So if you search for that influencer, that's the first thing you see. It's brilliant. Yeah, well, there we go. There we go. It's that, amazing. That, that so, a little bit easier for the end user consumer to understand exactly. and who to trust. It's important. Exactly. And it's also really dangerous, to your point. I mean, I'm sure you saw Kim Kardashian being fined, like, I think, a million dollars for not disclosing that she was sponsored for this, this crypto content she was doing. And that is that, for me, is very irresponsible because people are going, oh, if Kim is making 10 million a day, let me put my hard-earned cash or my savings into that. And then, and then it crashes, and then what happens? Yeah. She's not responsible. So no. she was paid $250,000 for that, and she was fined a million dollars. And I was like, fantastic. Yeah. Let's do it. It's, it's the same thing with the um, – it happened – there was a huge uproar internationally with regards to uh, the celebrities pushing um, the teas that help you lose weight and, like, to help you lose weight and and the problem with that again it's irresponsible right because then you're like okay this tea is going to help me lose weight and then you don't eat properly when actually the celebrity's got a personal trainer that's training them twice a day they've got a chef that's cooking them food and they've never nutritionist but they're all like mm, this tea's great so i get what you're saying it's got that responsibility behind it as well it's so important absolutely so you're not on the same page i think it is something that really needs to be looked at 
And I used to be, I used to be so petty, Brent. I don't do it anymore. But I used to, whenever I'd go onto Twitter and, and Instagram, and, and you, sometimes I think because we're in the industry, we can tell when something is a sponsored post or yeah, not. Totally. Uh, we spot it fairly easily. So when someone wouldn't say hashtag, I'd literally just comment hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> People get really upset with me. But that, I was good on you. To- you. You're like our very own <laughs> advertising board. Good on you. Thank you, but it's a bit petty, I know. But I just feel it's people need to know. People yeah. need to know. Totally. totally. Um, so where I in an ideal world, right? Let's forget the real world for I mean, let's not be real right now. Let's be in the ideal world of Brent Lindicky. Yes. Um influencer marketing. You can literally in the next couple of years make it what you want. Like what do you want it to be ideally? Repeat that quickly. What would you want the industry to look like in the next couple of years? Like literally in an ideal world. So in an ideal world, I would want, let me think about this. If we look at influencer marketing, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I mean, the, the I, don't, I don't know. What a hard <laughs> Never thought I'll see you without words. No. I mean, like, influencer marketing is what it is, right? Um, There was that, there was that, uh, the Netflix documentary that came out called The Social Dilemma. And when the social social dilemma came out, there was, there was a lot of people that were going like, what? I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe that I'm being influenced. And like, they were quite upset. I was like, really? You, what? What?" If you've studied... (laughs) marketing you would know that influencer marketing was around way before social media yeah and when you would watch a a tv program or a movie or open up a magazine that that you would be influenced by an advert by a picture by when movies they used to put so many products in movies that you didn't even know were there but then you'd walk out of a movie house and you'd be like oh Mm, i really need to buy this or whatever that is so it's, it's always been around Perhaps I don't know what I what I want or where I want to see it go, but maybe I want people to be more aware that it's happening. Maybe that's what I want in, in an ideal yeah. world that it's happening around us, that we're all cognizant that we're constantly being influenced. I think in advertising they say you need to see a brand seven times for it to start yes. resonate with you. So whether yes. that's magazine, social media, billboard, TV, whatever it is. Um, maybe as consumers, we need to be more aware of that and, and more aware of the fact that we are being influenced. And then, yeah. you know, we can make better informed decisions. Um, yeah, maybe that's it. I love that. Because it is. Because if you know more, you can do better, right? So it's- if you know, I'm seeing this on a billboard, I'm opening my laptop, I'm seeing something on News24, and I'm seeing it on my social media, and all of a sudden I'm going like, ooh, maybe I should check it out. Mm, that was designed. It's a strategy. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, but you were saying uh, influence market obviously has been around forever, and it has. It just never had a name, right? And I was just thinking, I was reading this article the other day, I think it was in the 18th century, where this, this teapot maker, he literally scented like a, a beautiful set of teacups and teapot he made. He was like a porcelain guy sent it to the queen in England to use. And she loved it and she would use this. And she became his influence and everyone started buying his, his tea set because of that. And I'm like, 
that was influencer marketing. Influencer marketing, been around forever. Forever. And then in the 80s, I mean, come on, Back to the Future, Marty McFly with those really cool Nike shoes. We all wanted those shoes. You go like Nike, there you go. We exactly. didn't even know. Exactly. We were just like, Marty McFly is very cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I want you to impart some wisdom on us, right? Um, just some tips, and I know you've given us quite a bit already. So maybe just one or two extra tips for aspiring influencers. Um, the pitfalls, maybe, because I feel like we've been in the industry for a long time. We maybe know the things that people might not know that they should kind of steer away from. Yeah, so I think uh, I'll leave you with one really big tip. Don't allow people to take advantage of you, ever. Um, if you have built up a followership, if you've built up a brand, if you're trying to build up a brand, sometimes you need to do as much work for free or, or kind of do things that yeah. maybe, you, you know, like post stuff for free because you, you want to get in with that brand. Remember that ultimately everybody's running a business. There's, everybody's got a business. They, brands have businesses. If, if you've got 100,000 Instagram followers and someone's giving you a dress for free so you can post about it, you still need to charge for that dress. You still need to charge for the post. Sorry, the, the dress is not payment. Um, the, the, it took me a long time to learn to say no to exposure. It's a great, like, I'll pay you with exposure. We'll put you on like, a board. We'll do, exposure doesn't pay um, your house. No, <laughs> no. You can't go, you can't it doesn't. Go and be like, look at all the exposure I got. <gasps> like, give me this house. I'll give you exposure on Instagram. <laughs> so, I promise. It'd be great. Don't, don't allow people to take advantage of you. Um, you know, uh, don't cannibalize your own product. And, and when I say that, I mean... Um, if you start as if you want to finish. So be like, cool, uh, I've got X amount of followers. I'm going to be doing this. I've got a website that's got X amount of reach, whatever that is. Um, and, and know your worth. But that's it. Know your worth. Know your worth. Um, and don't let people take advantage of you. It's, it's a cruel, cruel world out there if you're going to put yourself in that position. Oh, I love that. And I think that is, that's very, very good because to your point, everyone kind of starts out and then they think they have to do things, especially what you do in the beginning. But you also need to have a cutoff point for that saying like, I'm good now. Now it's time to pay up. Totally, Thanks. totally, totally. Yeah. So that brings us to the end of our chat. And I've had so much fun with you. And thank you for just sharing your, your immense wisdom about the industry. It's been really rad. It's been really rad. I want to thank you again for having me on the show. Um, It's been a really cool chat. I've had some questions fired at me that I haven't gotten before, so I enjoy that. That's always always a a treat. Um, And it's been lovely meeting you. I think uh, just just having a a real chat about authenticity, about lackiness in South Africa, about what influencer marketing is. It's been a really, really cool, cool way to spend our time. Oh, thanks, Brent. But before we go... But do you want to tell our listeners, if they don't already know, everywhere they can find you online? Fine. So there's two sides of me. One, good things guy is the most important. That's where you're going to go get all the good news about South Africa. You're going to get the hope. You're going to get all those feels that make you really love our country and be proud. And that's really my baby and and all I care about. So good things guy. You can find us on every social media uh, platform, even TikTok. And uh, at the end of this podcast on Be Real, 
as well. Um, Fantastic. And then, <laughs> and then myself, I'm Brent Lindeke. If you if you do want to follow someone who has an opinion, can sometimes be funny, shares good things, and also can be real about our country, that's me, Brent Lindeke. You can find me on all social media platforms as well. Dig it. Thanks, Brent. You have a lovely day, but I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This podcast series has been made possible by The Salt, the influencer company that turns influence into affluence. In the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way, The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their community. Go to thesalt.co.za to learn more about how The Salt can help you grow your business.